Two guys. Two topics. Two, two, two. two opinions. You talk. Give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5-1280 The Zone. It is. And The Zone Sports Network. Another fake and another throw. Fink looking in zone. It is. Vons for a touchdown. What a response from Matt Fink and the Trojans. Only a three-man rush. Downfield. It's Pittman. He goes up the ladder to get it. He's going to take this one inside the 10. Inside the 5. And in. A 78-yard strike. And a touchdown for USC. Some things that uh, led to our demise. Uh, number one, too many penalties. I mean, you know, 16 penalties for 120 yards. That's you got to play cleaner than that. Didn't uh, capitalize uh, deep in the red zone into the first half. Turned the ball over, came away with nothing as we were going in to take the lead. So just like you know, just left some points on the field there, and uh, mostly uh, we had no answer for the receiving core. Michael Pittman did a number on us. We just didn't do a good enough job on him, so we as coaches got to do a better job of coaching it and uh, giving our players, allowing them to be more equipped to, to deal with a receiving core like that. So we got to rethink some things uh, coaching-wise. All right, that was Coach Witt and, of course, some highlights courtesy of, uh, of FS1 as Utah loses to USC 30-23 to on Friday night, and Gordon, let's uh, we'll we'll break this one down thoroughly. But real quick, um, some breaking Utes news today: uh, Utah will add a home and home with Florida, which is pretty amazing. As uh, Kurt Crackthorpe notes in the uh, Tribune, the first time in 32 years Florida will play a true road game outside of the state of Florida. But also, according to 24/7 Sports, Utah will defer two games first BYU because they already had three non-conference games scheduled in those years. So the the game the series with uh, BYU it looks like will be put on hiatus uh, once again. So we can get into this a little bit th- further because we want to talk about the game on Friday, but but quick reaction to that. Is that a fact? I mean- no, nothing has been officially confirmed from the Utah side of things. Uh, the, the series was reported by the Gainesville Sun and then deferring the BYU games 24-7 sports. So... Uh, reports coming out, but we have not seen anything official, certainly from the University of Utah. I like I like a Madden Florida. I do not like them replacing, of all those games, of the other nine conference games, why, why the BYU game? There's Weber State and Southern Utah on those schedules. Southern Utah. San Diego and, State. San, yeah, San, Southern Utah and San Diego State that one year, right? Yep, and then the next so year. So why the BYU game? Weber why why not get, get rid of the San Diego State game? Those teams are relatively similar. Um, my guess is they're counting uh, BYU as kind of that A game. Oh, that was Chris Hill who did that stuff. I don't I, think that Harlan does that. I think that a lot of ADs do that. Mm. And, and we should, uh, you know, next time we get a chance to talk to Harlan, we should ask him about that philosophy. Yeah, I guess. Uh, I, I just think, okay, look, if, you're gonna, if, you're gonna, if you have a chance to put Florida on your schedule, then terrific. Go ahead and do it. But don't knock the BYU game out. Knock out another game. And yep. Especially games that are similar. Like San Diego State, <laughs> San Diego State may give you a bigger challenge than BYU does. Yeah, that's true. So why not th- knock that game out? Just or the FCS uh, games, or, or even yeah. Baylor. I mean, is Baylor doing a whole lot for you? But we'll get into that a little bit later on the show. Let's talk about the game, Gordon. You were there. Uh, Utah falls short. You heard Witt's um, kind of, not explanation, but him talking about what went, went wrong. What when were I, your overall Well, thoughts? when I heard him say that, I thought, that's one thing you really got to give Kyle Whittingham credit for. Uh, when things go wrong, he is usually fairly 
accurate in his assessment, and he's not afraid to say it. And he listed those three things, and I think he was right on the money on all of them. Uh, there were when I saw the Trojans right out the gate, you know, six. I think they completed six of their first seven passes. They didn't run the ball in that series and score a touchdown. I thought, did I just see that? Did they just waltz down the field like that? Or, I guess, uh, airmail it down the field that way? That easily? I mean, it looked like the uh, it, uh, it, it looked like the opening series against BYU when they just went on down the field. No problem whatsoever. And, uh, and I thought right then and there, I thought, oh, well, uh, Utah better make some adjustments or they're going to be in trouble. And it took them a while to make those adjustments. Do you think that was out of pride or out of stubbornness or what because that man coverage was not working well you say it took them a while to make that adjustment i don't think that they did make well, that adjustment they, well, they tried to later they on. played zone at times but it, it, they didn't do it even close to enough and and i'm glad you you led the discussion down that direction gordon because i said by or usc was arrogant against byu mm-hmm. and didn't adjust what they were doing uh because byu had such a good game plan well Utah 100% was arrogant against USC. Well, they 100%. They wanted to stay with that particular – we saw how what BYU did against that particular passing attack, how it worked. Why not learn a lesson from that? Makes no sense to me, Gordon. I was asking myself that same question the whole game because a third-string quarterback was absolutely lighting him on fire. And it, it, it gets back to a discussion we had a couple of weeks ago when we were deciding how good Slovis was. Uh-huh. It's those receivers, man. You throw, this, is what, this is what was obvious. If a quarterback throws the ball up there, those guys are going to climb up and get it. They are awesome. Yep. They are really good. They are the real deal, and Utah didn't adjust to that talent on the outside, and they got beat as a result. And I, and their know, best got beat. Yep. I mean, Jalen Johnson, he's supposed to be like a first-round draft pick, isn't he? He is. And people didn't even go after him. Well, USC went right at him. And they really went at Tariq Lewis, who had the assignment of Michael Pittman for most of the game, yeah. who got 10 receptions for 232 yards with a long of 77. Yeah. And Julian Blackman completely uh, misplayed that ball on the 77 Dude was yard. hurt. Dude was hurt. I, I'm going to give him a little bit of a pass because he shouldn't have been on the field. Uh, he's got that bum knee, and uh, that, was, that was an issue. You could tell it. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, that was one of the aspects – could not stop the pass when they needed to. Your third-string quarterback you were talking about steps on the field and throws for 350-some yards and three touchdowns in a conference game that was really important for the Utes to win? Well, they USC just simply said, if Utah's going to show man, then they're going to go right at it. And they're going to go right at it deep. And and there was no even excuse as far as, well, they had a balanced attack or whatever. The Trojans couldn't run the ball. Well, not until they really needed to in the fourth quarter. Oh, there was that, right? But uh, they had, I think, deep into the game, they had like minus 13 yards rushing. And so the Utes knew they were going to throw the ball, and they still couldn't stop it. That was was, uh, really strange for a team, the quality of of Utah's. And, And I agree with you. And that's why I appreciated what Kyle Whittingham said afterward, where he essentially, you heard it there, he said, uh, I'm paraphrasing, but we have to do a better job of coaching these guys up. 
Yeah. Well, the, coaching it up, drawing it up a game plan. I don't yeah. know what you, whatever you want to well, call it. Or but. is this finding a structure that works? Adjusting. All that stuff. Yeah, they they were certainly outcoached in that yeah. game because they that, did not make that adjustment that that needed to be made. And then oh, the uh, I, and one pass play that I thought was about as important as any of the the pass plays was uh, that deep ball. Uh, I think it was what was it, about forty yards, something like that, where Fink hit Pittman, and it was after the Utes had scored, and it looked like they were going to have, have a chance to come right back and score again. And then on that third down, he throws that ball, and it sets the Trojans up for another score. And you're like, okay, that, that pretty much uh, put a dent in that one. Yep. So that was a huge play, and the Utes couldn't stop it. So, And then he, he talked about the other two things. Penalties. When was the last time he saw the Utes? commit 16 penalties in a game and i know some people are going to say some of the calls weren't good and all this stuff hey i'm not down on the field i don't have a freaking flag in my hand all i know is that they were calling the penalties 16 of them that is not an accident no there were some bad calls there were actually some bad calls that that went both ways they were i mean they were certainly calling the game tight uh, there's no, there's no doubt about that. But twenty yards I mean, of penalty. Come on, that's that's ridiculous. I don't think bad calls cost Utah that game. And I, I tweeted this out after the game, and and maybe you disagree with me a little bit. Just you and I chatting before the show today. But Witt left off one, and that's the the offensive line was just dreadful, dreadful. And I, I'll, I'll trust Hans though. He said he did the film review, and and Hans didn't think it was as bad as he thought it would be. But I'm telling you what, there's a reason that Coach Witt said that that was one of the most uh, uh, gritty or what did he, he said warrior-like performances from Tyler Huntley because Huntley was running for his absolute life the entire game. I mean, he could not have a pocket where he was looking around. He got the ball, and then he had to to make some heroic escapes. Uh, to to keep plays alive, I, I really felt for Tyler in that one. That was, they were getting blown up, and and it's not like USC was running all these creative blitzes either. They were getting absolutely worked by the front four of the Trojans all game long, and they they have got to figure that out. All that being said, the Utes still had a chance to win that game. They fumbled the ball at the two yard line, and uh, that if if they score a touchdown there, they might win the game. So even with all the crap you were talking about here, they still had a chance, could have put themselves in a position for a victory. You just can't do that. You can't do that on the road in a league game against a quality opponent. Who who has enough talent that they're, at some point, you would think going to live up to it. And USC didn't play the, the perfect game. By any means, I but I thought oh far from it. I Eleven thought, penalties, 117 yards against the Trojans, and some of those penalties were absolutely stupid. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what, Witt didn't deserve a 15-yarder. He got an unsportsmanlike con, uh, conduct, and from what I could tell, all he was saying to the referee was "What?" Yeah, but you don't know everything that was going on. No, no, and uh, truly, I don't. But that that one baffles me. I mean, how often do you see a head coach get a get a 15-yard? I don't know, but usually there's a reason for it. I don't, not with Pac-12 refs, man. Those guys are on peyote. <laughs> they, they see I stuff. I can neither that, confirm nor deny. They I, see stuff that doesn't even exist. <laughs> you think, uh, Holding the on the purple dragon. <laughs> Ten-yard penalty. Yeah, I don't know what those what those bozos are seeing out there, but that didn't seem. I, I've certainly seen coaches get on, get on referees a lot more severely than it appeared. To your point. 
that Kyle Whittingham did. And certainly the call that he was complaining about was you know, they invented that in their mind. <laughs> was that the pink elephant? That was the pink elephant holding 10-yard <laughs> penalty. Or was that the purple dragon? I, I to to, to be fair, the pink elephant was ill-eligible down the field. I don't know what you guys are. Oh, yeah. well, he always is. <laughs> I mean, USC on the, on the other side of things, I mean, USC got called for a body slam. And then later on in the game, Utah body slammed a guy. And they're like, no, it's good. It was like the exact same play. If you would have compared it side by side, you would have said. Yeah, like, but on the one, I think the left foot was just forward, you know, giving a little more torque. I don't know. I mean, there's just some, there's some stuff. In every Pac-12 game I watch where you just scratch your head, like, what are these buffoons looking at? One thing that uh, Kyle said afterward also was, uh, and the, the quote was, they out, uh, we outstatted them. And he said, of course, that doesn't matter. But sometimes I think people look at a game and say, hey, when you outgain uh, the, the opponent by, what, 80 yards or something, and you pick up more first downs and you possess the ball much longer than they do, you think there are things that you are taking advantage of. And yet none of it mattered uh, in, in, when it all came, uh, came down to the end. And, I, and I'm not going to say the Trojans didn't deserve that win. And one big thing we haven't talked about we, we need to get to, and we'll get to the Cougs around the corner, and we'll be talking about these games throughout the show, obviously. But Zach Moss goes down in the second quarter, obviously with a shoulder injury of some sort. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kyle Whittingham would not comment on injury. Kirk Cragthorpe has a, a report out there that they, uh, the Utes may be without Moss and without Huntley, who is visibly limping foot, at, uh, the, foot problem. at the end of the game. So that's something certainly to keep an eye on. And I, I think that it made a difference, Zach Moss not being there, Gordon, uh, because, uh, I mean, how could it not? A great player yeah. like, like Zach mm-hmm. Moss. Obviously, that's going to have an impact. But with that said, I thought, I thought Brumfield was pretty good. Yeah. I thought uh, Devontae Henry Cole, yeah. I, thought, I thought they both played really well. We only saw Jordan Wilmore run it once, and I think he's got a ton of potential. So being without Zach Moss certainly is going to have an impact. But if those guys can perform like that, it's, it's going to be far from devastating. No, I would agree with that, uh, even though the quality of the player that Zach Moss is. But uh, oh, one other question about, and sometimes these things are easier to see when you see the replay on TV and all that sort of thing. Did you think that, uh, that uh, Huntley was, uh, run, they, were, they wanted him to run more in this game as opposed to running for his life? I mean, running to pick up yardage. Um, probably when Zach Moss went down, he uh, I, I'm sure Tyler thought, I've got to help make up for some of that production. Because we haven't seen that as much. And how many rushes did he have in this game? He and had I understand, 10, I think. And I understand that some of them were not necessarily <laughs> planned. Uh, but, uh, let's see here. Utah hear. rushing. Let's Huntley see. had 18, so he 18. ran for more than I thought. Yeah, a lot. He, well, here's the thing, and I don't mean for this to be too negative, because I, I did. I thought Tyler Huntley had a really gritty – absolute gritty performance because he Would you was saving plucky plucky but here's the thing and i think this is part of why he had so many carries tyler when he's running for his life so again take that into account he's putting <laughs> his head down and he's not keeping his head up looking uh-huh. downfield so when he's decided that he's got to get out of there he's looking to run there was one play in particular and uh was it uh, brock Hewart? Uh, he he pointed this out well on the on the uh, broadcast, but he missed a guy downfield that would have had a touchdown when he was running for his life if he mm. would have kept his head up and kept yeah. looking downfield. So I think a lot of that was he's got these monsters running at him and, and offensive linemen standing up and, and doing the old matador, Olay, and he's 
he's out of there. You know? So part of me doesn't blame it, but it, if I'm going to get nitpicky, if he kept his head up a little bit, that might have helped. That, it's interesting that you bring that up because I was watching the, uh, the Rams – Browns game. Your Rams. My Rams. Your Rams. I was watching that game, and toward the end of it, at the end of it, uh, uh, Baker Mayfield had that play where he tried, where he he dropped back, and then he he had pressure, and he rolled right, and then he threw it into the corner of the end zone, and it, it was intercepted, I believe. Uh, and in and I just happened to be watching that game with a former college quarterback. And uh, he he noted that if Mayfield had had noticed it early enough, the middle of the field was absolutely wide open, and it wasn't so much spatially wide open, but it was all the defenders were looking the other way, and he could have run up the middle on a little little draw and scored a touchdown there. Mm-hmm. But that that's the question for a quarterback. What do you want him to do? Do you want him to be looking for his own, or do you want his eyes downfield looking for that receiver? I think uh, if push came to shove, you would you would want the latter. That's why I, I feel bad about even bringing it up, because I don't want to be too critical with Huntley, because to be honest, it, it, it was unfair what was being asked of him in that game. But, it, it really was. But, I mean, he didn't have time so. to do anything. Maybe so, but when you look, anytime you watch a game, what do you do? When it comes to the quarterback position, you compare. Oh, sure. And Matt Fink was just 357 yards. Is that what it was? 357? That's because he's throwing to Jerry Rice on one side and Herman Moore on the other and Wes Welker in the freaking slot. (laughs) And Utah's trying to guard him one-on-one. You can put anybody in there. It doesn't matter. Witt said they're all the same quarterback. They probably are. (laughs) Just throw it up there and, like, let Michael Pittman climb up and get it. That, that's what we saw that over and over. Well, I remember back when uh, those old uh, Vikings teams, when Dante Culpepper was throwing to Randy Moss, you remember those years? And sure. everybody was thinking, oh, Dante Culpepper is really good. And then all of a sudden, Randy Moss goes to the Raiders, and everybody's like, oh, I don't think Dante Culpepper is very good. And then he goes to the Dolphins, and it's like, wow, I know Dante Culpepper isn't very good. Uh, so a good I, receiver really will as a quarterback's best friend. <laughs> they were making him look great. <laughs> right from the beginning. Yeah. All right. BYU struggle. They uh, lose to the Huskies 45-19. to And actually, the way BYU started this game, Gordon, I, I was thinking to myself, well, you know, Washington's good and they're moving the ball, but BYU's playing all right. And then all of a sudden that scoop and score happened and it was 21-3 and, and it was like, well... <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> when you return the ball on a turnover, 69 yards? Yeah. When you're already down 14-3? to three? What a killer. It's just a kick straight to the, uh, you know, the tenders. Yeah, it, it, I mean, and then from there, BYU's just trying to scramble and pay catch, play catch-up. And, uh, uh, you know, that's a well, difficult scra- place to be uh, against a team like Washington. They were scraping their way toward that, and then the third quarter started. And then, what? what? The, I, and then the Huskies look really, really good. I mean, really good run of the ball, uh, really good passing the ball, made Jacob Eason look really good. He was 24 of 28, 290 yards, three touchdowns. 24 of 28, man. When you do that, you're going to win. You're going to win a lot. They had a 100-yard rusher with uh, McGrew, who had 18 carries for 110 and their yards. their stud wasn't even there. So it, I What's mean, the kid's name, Amon, uh, the kid who wasn't uh, available? 
I, I don't know. Just that, that was one of those situations where BYU had to play darn near uh, perfect. They, they, they needed to be on, a, dare we say, a quest for perfection okay. on, on that particular day against that particular opponent and obviously could not do that and uh, suffered the consequences because they're not as good. They're not as good. Yeah. So when, you, when you're not as good, then you, you have to execute darn near flawlessly. And they lose Tyson Williams for the year. Oh, and what a, what that's a, just a yeah, heartbreaker. That's too bad. He's a, he is a really good player. He is. And he was somebody BYU was going to rely on all season long, and that's, that's really too bad. When I saw that, uh, I guess, uh, tweet on social media uh, yesterday, I guess it was, you just go, golly. Didn't you man. think when you saw the tackle, uh-oh. Yeah, because you yeah. saw it. Uh, and I uh-huh. hate watching those yes, plays, but you I saw it so. go, uh, you know, bend horizontally, and it's just like, oh. Yeah. I guess he's been tweeting out, uh, uh, telling everyone to keep their head up, uh, that, he, you know, he's everything's going to be okay and all this stuff. But, man, that is a blow. And that's why BYU, and you heard Kalani allude to this at his press conference today, I mean, that's why they added he and Asupa is because they knew they needed more depth at that position, and now they're really going to uh, appreciate that they did that. Uh, but that that's a tough loss, and okay. you just you feel for that guy. He, I mean, he he seems to have a really cool, outgoing personality. He was right. really embracing uh-huh. playing for BYU. His yeah. mom has right. been. Uh, was well, that know, not heartbreaking to see her yeah, reaction just, to that? That's. Uh, I know there's worse things in the world, uh, and you know, obviously, but in, in the terms of uh, the life of a young man and and his dreams, and uh, and within the context of sports, that's. That's uh, that's about as bad as it gets. Yep, got to feel feel for that guy. But long and short of it, BYU comes out of their first four games at two and two, and that one hundred percent is a plus for that program. I didn't expect them to come out two and two. My take going into the season was they've got to find a way to win one. They found a way to win two, and now they go into the softer, albeit not easy, part no. of their schedule. Right. Uh, and I think they should be feeling good about themselves. They're going into it with a little momentum. I know that Washington game was, was rough, but coming out of that stretch at, at two and two, I think, is a victory. So, Austin, you were at that game, if I, uh, if I understand it correctly. What were, from what your vantage point, what were the negatives and what were the positives? Well, the, the, the negatives was a really, really, really long list. And the positives were I saw some interesting things walking around the stadium. Okay. <laughs> like a, a guy head to toe dressed as Merlin the Magician was interesting. Uh, the police with a discussion with a, with a trio of Washington fans about quote-unquote banned substances. I saw your tweet about that. Um, that made me laugh. Yeah, they had some really good... They had Tucano's best pregame meal in the business. It is the best pregame did meal. You, oh, you uh, mean football-wise? No, nothing. Did Next, you wander you. down through Cougar Canyon? No, I didn't get there in time for that, no. Okay. Austin had to host a show until noon and then find his way down to Utah County and all that traffic. So Seriously, what, were there any uh, positives to take out of that game? Anything at all that you saw that caught your eye... Uh, well, I think yeah. I think uh, Max Tooley continues to uh, open some eyes and be a, an impact player for BYU. He had that funny moment where he tried to stretch from the 10-yard the line after the pick. He admitted that was a mistake trying to do too much. But I like him. I like his. I liked his play on Saturday. And Zach Wilson I don't think was terrible. He made a couple weird decisions, but mostly his guys were dropping the passes. He would be uh, 36 of 42 if those six pa- catches had been caught. 
So yeah. other than that, yeah, I think it's not it's not the end of the world. I expected BYU to lose to Washington. I thought they'd make it somewhat respectable, and that part didn't happen. But two and two through four, you move on happy. I think so, too. I, I think – and you heard Kalani with a little edge during his press conference today where he didn't want to talk about the past and other games and all that stuff. He, he was just moving on, and I think that's what you do. You probably watch that game film against Washington once and then tell your guys, hey, man, we're coming out of this one ahead of where we thought we'd be. No, I think I think you should stress what happened in that game film. I I don't think that should be glossed over at all. I think they should. I know I know the Utes were uh, busy reviewing film and pointing out the difficulties, the the mistakes that were made. I think BYU should do that as well. Don't gloss it over and go, "Hey, we're looking ahead to Toledo." If you don't fix some of those things, you might lose to uh, Toledo. So, uh, I don't know. I Maybe there's different philosophies on that, and some guys might want to just leave it in the rear view and move forward and uh, try and build your guys up so that they don't get down on themselves. I, I think there is a point of no return where you could just hit them over the head again and again and again. You don't want to do that. Yeah, fix some mistakes. I, I got you there. But Toledo, I mean, they're a way different team than Washington. They want to run the ball and run the ball some Toledo, more. Toledo, we call our state. And, uh, yeah, and, and BYU's run defense so far on the season has not been good. Yeah. So they're going to have to f- figure out a way to, to scheme to stop the run because uh, Toledo's got a dynamite running back. So That's what they like to do. Get it on the ground. Uh, it, 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 kind of like what we talked about with the Utes. Too many mistakes for this team. They have to be more precise in what they're doing out there. And, uh, you know, they were outgained by the Huskies by a substantial, by, what, 120 yards? Um, what else stood out to you in that? Uh, just be while you're going up against a better team. I, 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 don't, I know that's fairly basic, but that's what I saw. And sometimes when you do that, when you're going up against a better team, you want to you start to press a little bit, and then that makes it worse, not better. Yeah, you get behind, and you, you try to make it all up in one or two plays, and it, it makes it more difficult. And we said, we said that. We talked about it last week, that BYU can't get behind big. They need to, to trade blows, so to speak, with Washington. Isn't 21-3 was big? They just weren't able to do that. Yeah, exactly. And like I said. That it, game was over in the first quarter. It was. But until, I mean, this sounds stupid, but until that moment, that scooped score, I actually thought BYU was moving the ball a little bit and they were, they were playing okay on offense. And then, I mean, 21-3, it's, it's like it, it's real hard to get back into those games against a team that is good. Uh, well coached and as good defensively as Washington is just, I was just going to be too much to ask. All right. We come back. I want to circle back to what you were talking about. You were being up more optimistic two and two. Let's sort of look at where BYU is right now and uh, what they have to do to capitalize on the stretch you were talking about where they will be challenged or it's not like it's an easy stretch. That easy stretch comes later. When they play, who they got? Idaho State and UMass and Liberty. Liberty, but but they're not there yet, man. They better they better put on that chin strap pretty tight for the next few games. Stay tuned. It is the Big Show, ninety-seven five and twelve eighty the zone.